Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Awesome. Today I want to I want to talk a little bit about focus. It's something that um, we could really easily talk almost in a motivational way, but I want to share it in a sense that being a focused believer is different than just being a focused person who doesn't know the Lord and might want to achieve a lot in life. Most of us have grown up in, uh, in our lives and we've been taught and we've been conditioned, particularly in the West, we are conditioned to analyse things. We're conditioned to analyse what might not be working. And so most of our lives through school and, and, and so much good stuff happened, but we, but we might get grades and, we, and obviously if we don't do well in certain areas, we, we focus on that and we lift it up and it's a good thing to do and, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it might be in other areas of our lives, if we're a bit weak or not quite strong enough or not good enough, then we analyse that area of our life and we work out how can I become better in that area? There's nothing wrong with that. However, sometimes we then, as we get older and as we begin to get a perspective on life, we begin to be people who are fairly analytical and we actually focus on what needs fixing, not what is fixed. And so we actually grow up and we strengthen. And so when we even become a believer, some of our faith we begin to looking at what needs fixing, what isn't working. So maybe in the environment of church or your family or whatever environment it might be, we become people who are spotting problems all the time. And we're spotting problems with ourselves. And the more problems we see with ourselves, the more problems we'll see in other people. The more issues we have with ourselves, the more issues we'll see in other people. If we carry rejection ourselves, we will often feel rejected by people who aren't even rejecting us. And so we actually project what's going on inside. And that's why having dominion within is so important, having self-control, having power within who we are with Christ. And knowing Him, knowing His love, knowing the Father's love gives us a self-assurance so that we won't view the world from insecurity anymore. We'll view the world with a clear focus on who Jesus is in us and what he wants to do around us. And so today in looking at what we focus on, it's so easy to um, focus on what is not going on rather than what is going on. It takes faith to see things that aren't yet happening, doesn't it? Most of us in this room, if we've walked with Jesus for more than about a week, will know that there's an element of our life where we're believing for things, but we're not yet seeing those things. That's called faith. The Bible absolutely uh, adores faith, preaches, speaks about faith. Jesus taught about faith. He loves faith. And the Father loves it when His children believe in Him despite what we're seeing and feeling. And it's, it's something that Karen and I um, have often said to each other when God called us into ministry and called us to leading here was there were so many things that we could see in the Spirit, we could see in our faith realm that we might not be seeing in the natural. 
And I know Jenny and Brian have seen this in the college. There's so many things they, they saw. And, and once we convinced them to come and be principal leaders here, and uh, no, we didn't have to convince them. They were excited and called. But there's things that you see as a leader in your spirit years before they actually play out in the natural. And that's what focus does when we are focused in our spirit and we hear something from the Lord. We might hear his voice or his leading or um, some direction or maybe some clarity. I'm not just talking about a, a little feeling, but actually some purposeful clarity in our life from the spirit. We then begin to activate our spirit and believe for that thing. And I want to encourage you, if you have things in your spirit that you know are from him, that people, people would say, absolutely, I stand and I agree with you on that. That's on your life and that's ahead of you. And if you have that kind of assurance and you know the Father is on it, then keep believing and keep seeing. Maybe even begin to take it up to another level and begin activating it in your spirit and decreeing it and actually purposefully going after that. And this can be a real tension, I believe, in between the spirit realm and the natural realm. Because when we actually activate our faith, we actually want things to happen, don't we? We might fast, we might pray, we're actually uh, prophesying over our lives, we're actually believing for things that we can't yet see. Where, and we've got almost a, a bit of an aggression about us in the spirit. But in the natural, it might not be happening. So when we're hanging around people, we've got that same on us because we're believing for things in the spirit, but they're not happening. So we can't just sit and, you know, have coffee and relax because in our spirit, we're still believing for things. And this is the tension of being half, half in the spirit and half in the flesh. We, we've got a, a, a duty to carry out, in the sense, to our flesh and to people around us and to doing things like picking up our socks and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Very, very mundane things. But in our spirit, we carry big things. We carry things of God. And he might, he might be impressing upon you things right now that, you know, you can't necessarily see how that's going to play out. And it can be a frustrating time between the now and the not yet. Can't it? It's like it can be agitating. The now and the not yet. The now is what we're seeing right now. The not yet is what we prophesy and we believe prophetically. God has shown us in our spirit that's going to happen. And so during that time, we have to have clear focus on the Word of God and on His purpose for our life because He has as much purpose for us in the valley as on the hilltop. He has as many lessons for us in the valley, or probably 10 times more, in the valley as on the hilltop. When we're on the hilltop and everything's going well, it's quite easy to flow and rejoice and come to church and worship because, we ha because our emotions are feeling the joy of what we're now seeing. But faith rejoices in the valley. Faith rejoices when it's not happening. Faith is one of those funny things that we can't even put our hands on. And sometimes when we even try to get more faith, even that becomes an agitation. But God's word is true. It never fails. And we can always rely on it to get us through the valley. So if you're in a valley experience in your life, maybe health-wise, relationally, or in other areas of your life, then hold on to faith. Hold on to faith. He will never let you go. He'll never let you down. And the book of Psalms says that even though you might trip over, you won't fall headlong because he's the one who's got your hand. 
He's the one who's got your hand. So even though you feel like you're stumbling and stumbling and stumbling, it's okay. He's got you. He's got you in His hand. He won't let you fail. He won't let you fall flat on your face, even though you feel like you might. And that's what faith's about. It's about stirring up our spirit to believe what He says, not what we might be feeling. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this, Faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. I'm not sure, did we put that same version here? It was a slightly different version, but that's okay. It's still the Bible. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Just study that for a moment. This is the essence of faith. Many of you have read that a thousand times, maybe memorized. It's a great one to memorize. And it's really, really simple in its essence. It basically says, believe God, don't believe what you can see going on around you. Believe Him. Believe Him. Believe Him. Believe His voice. Believe His call. Believe His Word. Whatever you need to do to increase in faith, do it. If it's worship, if it's, you know, having the audio Bible, a lot of people do that now. When that first came out, the audio Bible, I thought, oh, that's not genuine reading of the Scripture. (laughs) I know, it's it's a really old man thinking, isn't it? But, you know, it's funny what rises up in one's thought patterns. I know none of you have ever thought such things, but I have thought that kind of thing. And, and yet, audio Bible is just is so easy. You can listen to Scripture. You can listen to it while you're doing anything. And, uh, and so these sorts of things are really, really powerful to get into our spirits. And, and these are the kind of things that... Uh, if we can really, really sow strongly into the next generation, they actually begin to live out this stuff, live out this stuff. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We hope for good things in the kingdom. We hope for miracles. We hope for the release of God's presence all over this city and all over this nation. We believe for those things. We're not seeing it right now. You know, uh, today was going to be a completely different sermon and I had titled it, I'm sure I'll pull it out in a few weeks when I really need one or something like that. It'll be good. But it was going to be the missing ingredient in modern Christianity. And what that is all about, something I've been dwelling on and, and asking the Lord for more of in my life is His power. His power. His evidence, his demonstration of power. And, and so this is something that, and Karen and I talk about this all the time in, in what's the Lord saying to us as a church family and as leaders, you know, how do we steward this thing well and, and what's, he, what's he on, what's he not on and, you know, all that sort of stuff. We talk about that stuff all the time. But his presence and his power is something we always hope for more of. And we know you do too. That's why you're here. But this is, this is the thing. When we activate it in the Spirit and we actually believe for it, we begin to see more. So as we do what this Scripture says, because remember, the, the Word of God is Jesus. It's Him. The Word of God is Him. So this is His voice over us this morning. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. Having faith in Him, in our spirit, makes a difference in the flesh. 
And so when we activate that, it's, it releases something. It releases power. It releases authority. I remember um, at our business, there'd be times where we would, wouldn't have enough work left for, say, you know, we might get to the end of a job and we wouldn't have another job starting for maybe a month. And you didn't have to say anything. No one even had to say anything. I'd walk out on the factory floor and I could feel the nervousness. You know, I could feel, feel people looking at me and I could just feel the, the, the mortgages. You know, uh, you know, at that time we might have had three or 400 staff. And, and that's a lot of mortgages relying on you. Uh, that's a lot of pay packets. And, and I, I remember this numerous times. And it was faith that actually got me through those times because I knew that, okay, I've done what I can in the natural. I've been as good steward as I can in the natural, but now I've got to stand in faith and I've got to tell those guys a complete and utter lie and say, there's amazing jobs coming very, very soon. And it wasn't a lie, but it was a lie to my flesh. And sometimes we have to lie to our flesh to believe the Spirit. It might be that we're not seeing in the flesh things that we're believing for. You have to lie to your flesh or die to your flesh if you prefer that and actually believe for the Spirit. Believe for those things in the Spirit and call those things which aren't, call them as if they are. And that's what the Lord actually did. He did that. He created things that didn't exist. He created things and he's given us the ability and the authority to actually set things in motion by our spirit. But we have to, as Paul yearns us to live by the spirit. If we live by the flesh, this doesn't work because we try it, but it doesn't work. It gets awkward. You know, it's kind of like, um, I'll give you an example. Um, and this is, this is sort of an opposite example, but I took Mitchell to KFC like midnight or something. And um, he'd already had three meals. <laughs> this is number four. And, um, and he's, he's uh, talking to the, to the person, I don't know what you call them, at KFC, people serving over the counter, counter person. And, um, and he begins, you know, asking him about his life. And, and I could see the guy was so awkward. He's like looking at his boss. He's taking his headphones off because he could feel, okay, this guy's he's a, he's a little guru and he's talking to me. And, and so... Um, and I was thinking to myself, if Mitchell didn't really live with Jesus, if he didn't live by the Spirit, this would be the most weird, awkward thing you could possibly do. Try to talk someone about their life and everything like that. And so living by the Spirit actually enables us, it enables us to live in a different way and to actually see good things. So rather than seeing problems, we'll see solutions. What an amazing character trait if Harvest is known as a, pro, as a problem-solving church. Problem-solving church. And um, I hope God doesn't send 50 people in the next month with massive life problems that I have to try and sort out because I'm not that good. But Rob and Pam are and you can, you can, you're not going on holidays. Solutions, solutions, solutions. Maybe not even carnal solutions, but maybe some actually really radical spirit-led solutions. And, uh, but it takes honesty, doesn't it? It takes honesty because it's, it's all well and good to be nice to one another and encourage one another, but there's something about raw honesty that has authority in it. 
It actually cultivates real relationships, authenticity. And so, um, you know, if you want people to bring, what was it, tuna mornay? You asked them to bring tuna mornay to lunch. Did you notice Ryan put in his whole order? <laughs> He's covered. He's covered. Hey? Oh, anything, anything. I like homemade sausage rolls. They're just like, they're it. But they're not very good for me. So, you know. <laughs> Something that, yeah, KFC. <laughs> Something that really, really helps in this area of focus. I'll read from 1 Kings 18. And uh, this particular passage is where Elijah was standing against the prophets of Baal, 450 of them, I think it was, the prophets of Baal, and it was like a dare. It was like a a match, a a showdown, if you like, of God versus evil. And, um, And Elijah is basically rebuking the people, and he says to them, how long will you waver between two opinions? How long will you waver between two opinions? See, they hadn't decided yet which God they're going to serve. They want to see a sign. They want to see something happen. They didn't have faith. They needed to actually see something to prove to them God was real. Now, he actually ended up doing it and burnt a whole lot of them. But the essence of this is if we don't waver in our opinions and we actually look at problems and we see solutions, that's faith. If we actually, rather than criticise something, if we actually say, what's the heart of God in that situation? As Karen and I have shared, one thing we really learned from Wayne and Irene over the years is, is to hear the heart's cry of a person or a situation. It might not be what they're saying. They might be, you know, doing all sorts of stuff. But actually, what's, what's the essence of that person actually trying to say or actually trying to do? And it's the same in situations. We are naturally in life going to face thousands of opportunities to find solutions where we might normally find problems. Thousands upon thousands. But if we become spirit-led solution people, I'm telling you, the resonating effect in this community will be amazing. Amazing. We're not picking problems out of every area. Now, we have to know what's right and what's wrong. And obviously this week in Parliament, it's been one of those weeks. And I just want to say this. I, I, um, I saw a a photo of Tony Abbott this week because he obviously voted against the bill uh, for same-sex marriage and, and, and has been a you know, strong man standing against that despite his own family, would you believe? But, um, but I saw a photo of him and it was a, a news thing and it was mocking him, showing him sort of looking downcast, trying to make him look all alone. And I thought, wow, the rewards that guy's getting right now, right now, right now for standing up for what is right because traditional marriage is right. We probably don't hear that enough, don't, do we? I know all of you know that, but let's just state the obvious. Let's just state the facts. Traditional marriage between one man and one woman is God's design. It's going to be challenged more and more in the next decade. And, and young guys, get ready to, to arm up, get some muscle in this area of gender, identity, sexuality, because we have to know who we are. We have to know who God is so that we can stand and still somehow love people through this. It's a, it's a quandary, isn't it? You know, it's a, it's a real, real issue. But 
I believe if we live in the Spirit and we have focus on faith, we can actually even see solutions in that. Because prophetically, God gives his people solutions. He doesn't leave us in the dark, does he? He doesn't just say, oh, now you've got you know, gay marriage. Oh, the nation's going to burn. No, he has solutions. He has thousands upon thousands of solutions waiting for you and me just to tap into by faith because we have to be in the spirit to get those things, not in the natural. We can try in the natural and we can do everything we can in the natural, but the battle is won in the spirit. It's not flesh and blood. It's not flesh and blood as much as it seems like flesh and blood. And some flesh and blood annoys the whatever out of us. But when we stay in the spirit, we can hear solutions, hear solutions. Think of it this week when you're struck with a problem, an issue, maybe at work or I know a lot are going on holidays now, but maybe relationally there's a little flare up or something going on. Be a solution finder, solution finder. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to defend yourself. If you're right, you're right. <laughs> the argument's not going to change that. But knowing who we are means we actually have an inner strength, an inner dominion where we can actually operate out of the Spirit. Out of the Spirit. Um, on very early Saturday morning, I was Skyping with a guy by the name of Sean Boltz. And Sean's being used really powerfully all around the world right now. And um, he's another one that we just, we just want to connect with. Um, God's doing significant, significant things. And, uh, and he's a great teacher for this, this kind of thinking in the sense of actually prophetically rather than just using a gift or even a, a, a miraculous thing that we might have just so that we can get a high or we can have a, you know, have a, have a moment of glory, but actually that we can provide solutions to the world's problems. And it's a, it's, that's really living in the spirit, isn't it? That's really living in the Spirit. Actually hearing from the Spirit a solution for someone's life and actually being able to release that by faith. You can't do it if we're just carnal and living in the flesh all the time. We have to be in the Spirit. We actually have to be hearing from Him and flowing with Him. But when we do that, out it comes, sometimes when we don't even expect it. And it's, it's an exciting way to live, I think. And, you know, we've been challenged afresh just having, having Mitchell and other guys around us. It helps sharpen us. And, and so I want to encourage you to just keep, keep focusing, focusing on what he's shown you in the Spirit. Keep focusing on what is yet to come. Keep focusing on solutions. So when you, you see some things, and, you know, the enemy will try and come and say, oh, but you haven't got much. They've got lots. Look at the lots you have. Look at the amount you have. And, and that's why I think, to be honest, even as a people, we still way underestimate what we actually carry in the Spirit. In, at harvest, I'm talking about. And, and unashamedly saying, God is doing fin- phenomenal things, phenomenal things here at harvest. In, in all age brackets, the youth on Friday night, young adults, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Not every church is seeing this. Believe me, pastors, I talk to a lot of them. And they're not all seeing this kind of stuff. But we get to be participants of that. So sometimes we need to just tell ourself, tell ourself, God's doing good things. I'm not in lack. I'm not in lack. I'm actually in overflow. Do you know what? Even if you're not, just lie to yourself. (laughs) You'll be surprised. You do that for a year, you watch it overflow. 
something happens. They taught us in Germany about the effect of our cells even memorizing stuff that's happened over trauma of years and years and years. And they, they showed us stuff that, you know, we didn't really know existed and, and uh, that our bodies carry this kind of stuff. So it takes time to speak life to maybe our habits and our thinking that maybe isn't godly. It takes time. And you might look silly, but just go somewhere where no one can hear you or no one knows you or just do it wherever. It doesn't really matter. I always love watching people in the car when you're at the traffic lights. They're singing away and they don't know that you're looking. And, and so do you look. And you look at the wrong moment when they pick their nose, you know, and it's like, oh, awkward. But when we, when we learn to actually declare even over our bodies and our minds, this is not just positive thinking. This is actually living in the Spirit. So it's actually doing Hebrews 11, 1. It's actually speaking things into our life through faith that we're not yet seeing. And if they're the Word of God, and we can stand on them. So we actually say over our finances, over our health, over our lives, over our relationships, maybe over our life partner, maybe over this. We actually speak those things in the spirit realm. And we actually release them and believe for them. And then we activate our faith. Then we activate our faith. So I want to encourage you today. Everyone has things they're asking the Lord for. Everyone has things that we're seeking God for. And I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Maybe even turn it up. In the spirit, I mean. In the spirit. Focus in on what he's spoken to you. Focus in on what he's confirmed over your life. Spoke, of, of things spoken, things repeated, things confirmed to you that you know are right for you. These are the things that when we put our faith with his calling and his anointing is a powerful release that happens and sometimes it takes a while but that's okay some of the best things in our lives have taken a long time a long time and that's okay he builds inheritance doesn't he over time he builds her but when we focus in we focus in on the positive we focus in on what he is doing not what he's not doing and in other people's lives rather than picking out oh that person's got that bad well you know hey they've got this They've got two legs. They're still a good person. If that's all you can find, I'm sure you can find that. If they haven't got that, they've got something. That's called living in the Spirit, isn't it? Living in faith and actually seeing the best in people, seeing the best in situations. I remember in our, particularly in our college when we were transitioning a whole lot of things and we were really refining things so that we could really honestly stand before the Lord knowing we were a college of excellence in Jesus, boldly, and excellence in education. And we knew we had to do some dramatic things, and Jenny and Brian were in that, Karen and I, and many others. We knew we had to do some things because the Spirit had shown us some things, but we knew in the flesh it would be painful, and it has been painful. But we look now and we say, wow, it's all been worth it. And let me tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it. Whatever it is, whatever the cost, whatever it looks like, if it's Him, and that's the key, get your foundation of the Word of the Lord over your life and then focus in on that. Apply your faith. Apply your prayer life. Get around good people who want to encourage you and speak life into you. And it builds us up so that we can be as big as we possibly can be. Do you know what? You can stay sitting. And I'm going to pray. How's that? Is that okay? (laughs) 
Well, it's just it's routine to just have to stand all the time at the end of a service, isn't it? So just relax. You might just want to put your hands out. And I just want to pray a blessing over each of us today. Lord, we thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you that we can rely on you. Even if we can't rely on anything else, we can rely on you. And today, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would release a fresh anointing on each one of us. A fresh anointing of your presence, of your power, your authority, a specific focus for our lives that will help us really discern what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Give us crystal clarity as to the purpose of who we are and what we're doing in this season of our lives. Lord, we pray that we would be supernatural solution people. Supernatural solution people. No more negativity. No more criticism or judgments or seeing all the problems or seeing all the issues in life or here, there and everywhere. But actually having discernment and having faith. So Lord, we receive your impartation today. We receive your fresh impartation of life and of faith to believe and to see. And even some of us who have given up right now, Lord, that you would take off all doubt and fear. You'd take off negativity. You'd take off any toxic thinking. And Lord, you would replace it with your hand, your blood, your presence, your power and your vision, your supernatural vision to see godly solutions and godly faith in Jesus' name.